It's Thursday. That means crossover Thursday here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Joined by Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings. How do the Eagles match up against Minnesota in this primetime matchup come Thursday night? All that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast. You are Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in, everyone, to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Thank you to our everydayers for joining us once again here on Lockdown Eagles, wherever you get your podcast and on video form as well on YouTube. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri, and today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks as well as every crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks as well. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And with no further ado, let's get right into it. Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Vikings. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. I'm Gino Camilleri, host of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast, joined by my friend Luke Braun of the Lockdown Vikings Podcast. No, you are not in a time warp. No, this isn't Groundhog Day. It is once again week two between the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings in prime time. Luke, we know what Minnesota did last week. They played Baker Mayfield, and now they're playing the Eagles once again, and I think both of these teams are in a spot where it's almost like a must win. The Eagles are injured. They're banged up a little bit coming off of a a win that they almost let slip away. And Minnesota, I'm sure you're feeling the same exact way. They got to come into this game and perform. I think the Vikings are under more pressure because they they could do the 0-2 thing. And the 0-2 thing doesn't have the same potency it used to now that there's a 17th game. There's one extra Mm -hmm. game to kind of make up up for it. Um, I think it's more of an 0-3 thing, but... The Eagles won their game <laughs> as <laughs> much as there was to be concerned about, I guess. But I guess I should probably ask you about that. Uh, the, the Eagles still, you know, they blow this one. They're one and one. The Vikings could be the first 0-2 team four days into the season. That would be a, a, a pretty bad stinger to go into a, like a half a bye with. That's the thing. And walking away from that game, it's like you left so much meat on the bone. Very similar to week one last year where the Lions came within three points in a 38 to 35 shootout. And the narrative after week one was, oh, you just beat the Lions. And it kind of feels like that again. You just beat the Patriots. But as you said, a win is a win in this league. And the Eagles have been in this situation in the past. I think to the 2018, 2019 team, people on our stream know that they let up so many different spots where they're up in games, especially against Tennessee and Carolina. They had double digit leads going into the fourth quarter and they blew those games. And to see them win that game against new England, it just feels like a breath of fresh air that even when Jalen hurts, your best player puts up his worst EPA performance in over a calendar year, you can still walk out and win that game. But now going into Thursday night, you're coming home with a lot of expectations but you're going to be out multiple starters and your offense is coming off of a rusty week one. A win is a win. 
but the turnaround is really what matters. And this Eagles team has done a good job over the last two years of turning things around under Nick Sirianni after that slow start a couple years ago, starting two and five. Mm. Now it just seems very similar. You're in the exact same scenario you were last year, Lou, or Luke, excuse me, get, get my co-host mixed up here, but you're playing <laughs> primetime Kirk Cousins, which if you look at statistics, hey, Thursday night, Kirk Cousins is different. All right. He's okay, never okay, lost. Okay, on yeah, Thursday give us a night. story on Thursday night. There you Kirk go. Cousins, it's a Monday night's the thing. And it's okay. also a completely insane split. If you want yeah. to, you're, you're splitting like three games versus six games. The Kirk Cousins story, though, against the Eagles outside of last year, it's been a lot of success. I think back to I think it was 2018 when they played and. Minnesota yep. just did anything they wanted to them all game long. And it seemed like the Eagles could never get their footing to the under them. And I'm scared of that exact same thing happening. Like if you come out and you go three and out, they're able to run the ball with a little more success than they had last week. I know Madison didn't really get it going, but let's just say that happens and Kirk could get into that play action mode where you let Justin Jefferson run his routes for four to five seconds and get downfield and come uncovered. That's when they can be lethal from a storyline perspective. Is that what you are looking for your offense to come out and go toe to toe with an offense that should look to come and turn it around in week two? They need to find a way to get something sensible out of the run game. They can't be throwing away downs when they run the ball like they do. Um, like like what happened a bunch against the Buccaneers. It was just really, really inconsistent. Uh, mm. and, and it wasn't the same guy every time, you know. Everybody made mistakes. Uh, Bucks have an insane front. I mean, with like Via Bay and linebackers, right. it's crazy, right? So you can kind of say, okay, well, maybe an easier matchup, but it's not like the Eagles are bringing scrubs, man. Like, yeah, no, I know a, they got a bit of a defensive line too. So if you if you talk to Vikings fans right now, Vikings fans are like deep in the gallows. They're going, oh my god, we're going on two. We're going to get blown out on primetime by the Eagles again. And, and I I think just because of what happened last year, because we were so high coming off of blowing out the Packers, we weren't even favored in that game, like. That they were supposed to be this like kind of mediocre thing again, mm -hmm. and the Packers were supposed to be the second coming again, and we kicked the crap out of them, and we went, oh my god, this could be something real. And we were super high coming into that Eagles game last year, and then we got our doors blown off, and then we went, oh okay, cool, we we are actually we are bad, and it would. I think everybody in Minnesota is expecting the exact same thing to go. Well, that was our chance to get a win. Now we're going to be zero and two. Hope this isn't too painful. Like that's where Vikings fans are. Um. And, and I think sometimes when you are when you're you, you're in that place, I don't know where the Vikings themselves are, but I think sometimes when you're in that place, that's exactly when things can turn around and maybe you can go toe to toe here. Look, Justin Jefferson's insane. I will say last year there were a couple of games where Jefferson wasn't particularly productive, and I think a lot of it was schematic. I think the Eagles were the only team that actually manned him up and had success doing that. Some teams manned him up and gave up 180 yards. The Eagles manned him up with Darius Slay and had success with that. Um, and that that is a matchup with like, okay, how are you going to handle Jefferson? I got to ask everybody about, and I think we should talk about that later. Um, but it sounds like as much as, I mean, look, Eagles are 1-0. and you, you sound a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. And yeah, this is, this is a game where every week's a reset, you know? Mm -hmm. If, if, Y'all come out and beat the Vikings. You are not talking about barely beating Mac Jones anymore. It's never going to come up again. Right. If y'all come out and beat the Vikings by 30, you're going, okay, yeah, we're fine. And then you're probably just laughing at the Vikings. 
And, and if the Vikings come out and pull an upset, we're not talking about losing to Baker, Baker Mayfield anymore, right? So somebody gets to get some kind of mon monkey off their back here. And that's the thing I'm worried about the most. And you're probably saying like, oh, they, they won this game, right? They come off of a Super Bowl where they performed well, a great season. And the thing that makes me disappointed was the expectation. And as you said, with week two last year, you blow out the Packers, right? And you're like, oh, now we have expectations. Now we are exactly. expected to go out and win. Well, that was the moniker I'm holding the Eagles under. When you see what they did last year, Right. Even not playing in the preseason, you're they expecting right them back. to perform. Yeah, you should yeah. pick up where you left off. Your offensive line should not cumulatively rate at the 20th best pass block win rate in the league. That should never happen. That's your best unit on offense. Dallas Goddard should really? never have one. Yes, if you look at ESPN, uh, PFF, they all – This is the I thing Ben Baldwin just posted yeah, that yeah, like aggregated it all. And the, yeah. So the, the Eagles struggle – like does that track? Did they struggle to protect Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, there were wow. times – so if you go to if you look back at the film, a lot of people will talk about Dallas Goddard not getting the targets. Well, there were multiple times where they're trying to open things under or in the intermediate with him where you usually have like, let's say you run some sort of dagger pattern. You have the, the slot guy go up and out and you have the guy run a, a straight release. Well, he's coming open a lot in the intermediate, but there's a rusher right in his face and. That's just uncharacteristic, and the Eagles' offensive line is predicated on keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket. If you look at his splits as a pocket passer versus on the run last week, he was exponentially better throwing from the pocket, and that will probably blow your mind, but he was the number one pocket passer last year. I know you're yeah. a smart guy, Luke. You understand <laughs> no, that. that. That's one of those weird things with runaround quarterbacks is everybody's like, oh, you got to keep him in the pocket, yeah. but you also have to pressure him in the pocket. You can't just give him a clean pocket. That's easier for everybody. <laughs> exactly. But no, he was under some duress last week. They couldn't really get the run game going. And as an offensive line where those are the two forefronts, your D line, your O line, that's what the game runs through. If you get back to, let's say even 75% of you, what you were last year, I don't even think they performed like 50 to 60% of what mm. their output could be then you're talking about seeing success. And we were talking about 35 plus point outings all off season long, and you're up 16, nothing. And your offense doesn't score a touchdown in nearly three and a half quarters. That's when the questions come into play. And that's the expectation element of it. Because when you have guys like Justin Jefferson and slay, you expect guys to win one-on-one -on -one matchups right. and the Eagles were, but you have to take advantage of that. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up after this. Some of those matchups that hopefully the Eagles can exploit on Minnesota and hopefully the Minnesota Vikings can take advantage of on the Eagles. For those of you at lockdown Vikings and lockdown Eagles, thank you for joining us here on crossover Thursday. We'll be right back. Today's crossover episode of Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Vikings is also brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. If you don't know what Jace Medical is, I'll break it down nice and easy for you. What they have, it's called the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. So let me give you an example. Me and my wife, we like to go camping up in the mountains here in Denver. A lot of the times, you're in places they don't have medical assistance, they don't have a hospital, and you don't have cell service, we always carry the Jace case with us because the Jace case is made just in case for emergency use. And you can get your life-saving antibiotics that will help you if you can't get a doctor's appointment, if you have something that pops up unexpectedly, 
it is the easiest way to be prepared when you need to be saved. More than $360 by getting Lee's life-saving antibiotics with the Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Vikings crossover episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Crossover Thursday. Gino Camilleri, Luke Braun, Lockdown Eagles, Lockdown Vikings. Once again, you're not in a time warp. This isn't the episode from last year, week two. This is Thursday. We're in 2023, week two. The 1-0 and Eagles coming off of a 25-20 to victory over a team which I thought they should blow out. And I think Minnesota thinks that they should have won that game as well. Here we are once again, week right. two. Let's talk about the big storyline, Luke. I think everybody is coming to the main event. JJ Everybody's going to watch Slay. JJ baby. versus Slay. It, it, it's the matchup we Slay's all want to see. He's been a Viking killer his whole career. Go back to Detroit. He, he has. And yeah. That's funny because against Devontae Adams, he's horrendous. So it's like against the NFC North, his spreads are either he dominates or he just gets taken advantage of. Like those guys Devontae know each Adams. other. That's that's what's kind of fun about it. You know, those, I mean, Slay has known Adams for their entire careers literally right like yeah yeah so now we know each other and and when you know each other that well look the nfc east knows this when you know each other that well it sort of takes the priors out of the window a little bit and kind of anything can happen that's why you get you know major upsets like i'm thinking about like the browns bengals game mm-hmm. last week you know like that kind of thing will happen when you know each other really well yeah throw the record books out and that's exactly. what i kind of look at this is almost like just one of those big trilogy fights you see with like heavyweight fighters where one guy takes the first fight, the guy puts in his rematch clause, and that's what it feels like with Justin Jefferson. How do you think they scheme up Justin this time around? Because Lou and I's worry is we don't shadow him. Do you expect your offense to say, hey, if Slay's on there, we're going to motion this guy across and just get him away? Or do you expect Justin to go out there and try and win that one-on-one? So I got to think the Eagles are going to feel decent about the way that things went last year with this. And, and Mm. I got to think that they're going to just say, all right, you can do this. So the way that teams had the most success against Justin Jefferson last year, with the exception of the Eagles was, um, half safety over the top and jamming. The, Mm. the most visible example was green Bay week 17, half safety over the top. You got to have your good corner jam them too. You can't just put some scrub out there. They had Jair Alexander playing squat technique. They were like protecting him in cover two against Justin Jefferson, but that worked. And Jair Alexander, knowing he had safety help, could really commit to those jams and got some absolutely gaudy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not going to just shadow and play one-on-one, which is a ballsy thing to do against Justin Jefferson, if you're going to say, all right, no, we're going to back this off and we're just going to bracket, then it's probably going to be half safeties over there. And um, it's Sean Desai, right? Yes, sir. And, and he's, he's without man. James the Bradbury, tree, too. right? Yep, he's under Fanjo. Yep. Yeah, and without James Bradbury. So I wonder if if you're just in like a quarter, quarter, half kind of world, um, you just put the half side to Jefferson and just call like, I think it's the same call that it was last year. It'd be Zeus 18, um, which is half safety to the side of wherever 18 is mm-hmm. and then quarters to the other side. Um, and then you have to kind of say, all right, we'll make TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison beat us. But we didn't have either of those guys last time we played. Yep. Um, and that's been the the mission of the Vikings has been to find a counterpunch when teams put a half safety over Justin Jefferson. Can that guy be Addison? I think he got open a lot last week, but there was pressure. There was problems with stunts. Uh, 
is, you know, can that be TJ Hawkinson? It was in several occasions, um, twice against the giants last year, Hawkinson get, had hundred yard gains. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that, um, the Vikings might have in a counter punch, but I guess I want to ask, I, I looked at this and Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards. I think we have a, a more prolific passing offense than the Patriots. So what happened there? And can, is that the something story. that the, is there something there that the Vikings can see and exploit? So I will say those numbers are definitely a little bit extrapolated when you look at the context of what that defense had okay. to go through, because there was a stretch at the end of the first half where the Eagles offense went four straight drives, four straight drives of three and out, which quite literally never happened one time all of last year. So the defense we had like four games like that last so, year. <laughs> man, there were time. Trust me, as an Eagles fan, I've been oh. there before. I went through Sam Bradford and you did hey, too. So who I among us? Yeah. <laughs> who has it, right? Sam and Jalen Rager, those two guys. Yeah. Uh, we'll lift through Sam that. Bradford, Jalen Rager. <laughs> but no, if you if you look back at it, Jalen Rager, Eagles, who was uh in New England. He's on the practice squad over there now. Oh, so he was. And yeah, yeah, we just won a Jalen Rager year. revenge game again. Oh, heck yeah, man. We're on the revenge game tree here right now. But no, getting getting back to seriousness and players that can actually play ball. Uh, Mac Jones, he did a great job taking advantage of the middle of the field. And why was that? Well, one, the Eagles defense was on the field for a boatload of snaps. A boatload. Okay. And they were exhausted. And they were put in some backed up situations with their special teams unit with the offense giving them bad field position. Look at Jalen Hurts where he fumbled the ball with five minutes left in the game in the plus territory around the 30. But the Eagles defense did a great job in contextually good situations, so like stopping them late. But in those areas where Mac Jones had a lot of success in that middle eight part of the game to open up the third quarter, areas where it really mattered, it was we are going to take advantage of the size matchup we have. We have Hunter Henry. We have Mike Gesicki. N'Kobe Dean goes out of the game our number one linebacker. He has a walking boot. He's out for four weeks. Hmm. The two linebackers we have behind him are Zach Cunningham, who was signed like three weeks ago and has just been a journeyman around the NFL, and Christian Ellis, who is a perennial special teamer, who actually had the green dot taken off of his helmet after N'Kobe Dean went out because they couldn't get the defense on the same page, and they gave it to Reed Blankenship, who probably also won't be playing this game. So if you're saying, TJ Hawkinson, go do what those guys did, against two replacement level linebackers, a safety and I don't know who it's going to be. It's probably going to be Justin Evans as your number one, who is not very good. Sidney Brown didn't play single snap at safety last week. And Terrell Edmonds was playing free safety when he's a five to 10 yard box type of safety player. So the Eagles middle of the field, game plan was not very good. If I'm Minnesota and I'm saying, Okay, Slay is taking care of what Justin Jefferson is doing out there. Josh Job is doing a good enough job with that half safety help. We're going to attack the middle of the field. I think that's where things really open up because if TJ Hawkinson gets ahead of steam underneath him and he's got to go win a route against Christian Ellis or Zach Cunningham, he's probably going to win nine out of ten times, and that's what happened. That was the story. Hmm. We knew that if you took away the middle of the field, you beat Bill Belichick. That's what he does. That's what he's always done. And he said, I'm going to win the middle of the field. And that's why they were in that game. And frankly, the Eagles should be petrified of what TJ Hawkinson can present to this offensive game plan for the Vikings. Because we know the front is good. We know the outside corners are good. 
But the middle of the field is the biggest in terms of surface area that you have to defend. And if you don't have athletes that can defend that area, losing those four guys in Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, Kaiser White, and TJ Edwards, it's already coming back to bite them within a week. Wow. I just will will not argue with any of that. And instead, let's flip to uh, – I, I, I want to ask about one other thing. <laughs> On Hope I gave you enough on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vikings fans are going to love to hear all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so on the other side of the ball, so something that uh, Belichick did, and you will be shocked, shocked to learn that Brian Flores approaches things kind of the same way. Uh, a lot of zero blitzing with off men on the back end. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have a pretty strong effect on uh, the, on, on Jalen hurts. You already mentioned some of the pressure and Hey, Glass houses, the the Vikings O-line had its fair share of problems as well. Mm -hmm. Tons of free rushers with all of those Todd Bowles blitzes they dealt with. Um, But what's the adjustment that the Eagles are going to have to make against that? Because they're going to see the same thing. Flores is going to see all that work, and he's going to rush all of his fancy Mm -hmm. zero blitzes from their Bengal look, which is their eight-on-the-line look, uh, off-man coverage on the back end, and, you know, cover zero. So are the Eagles going to be able to generate explosives against cover zero, which is, I mean, that's the counterpunch, right? When you have no safety, mm-hmm. sometimes that can get killed over the top. Will the Eagles be able to do that? Were they able to do that at all versus the Patriots? I only saw a couple of plays, but it looked like that was um, that, that, that got him a little bit. I think the bigger issue for Jalen hurts was going against that prototypical rip Liz quarter style coverage. Keep everything underneath in bill Belichick's world. Right. Because yep. The way that it was working, they weren't motioning anybody on offense. They weren't doing those quick hitter type of plays to get that ball in space to kind of counteract that. Because if the rush is coming forward and the guys are playing off, you're thinking three to seven yards. That's where I want to take advantage of. I would expect more motion in this offense this week. I think getting A.J. Brown just like a free release motioning across the formation, just a little sprint out to get him out on a little out route. Those are things you're going to have to kind of do because Luke, if I'm positive, you're going to be playing more man than you are zone defensively. Yeah, but maybe not press. So he might just get those. Okay. Releases. Yeah. So the, if you give him that free release, that's where I would be worried because he does a very okay. good job with those timing routes. And especially with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, two very good route runners. If you're not going to jam me and especially guys big as AJ, who can get down and sink his feet as quickly and AJ could or Jalen could throw that ball on time. Mm-hmm. That's what I would be worried about. But if you bring that pressure and you keep everything underneath with a little bit of intermixing that off man, sometimes you play at the line, show Jalen one thing before the snap, bring him back off the line or vice versa. Those are the areas where if you make Jalen hurts, think for a second and that deep or the offensive line, which still gave him around three seconds, three and a half seconds to throw last week. If he has to get off his platform and run, that's what you want to see. It's crazy to say out loud, but Jalen Hurts just works better under the pocket. So you have to find a way as the Eagles offense to one, include more. Where's my hot? They didn't do a great job at that last week. When you see the linebacker mugging up. They didn't really have a counteract to the hot route. They need to find that. They need to get the ball in space to DeAndre Swift quickly. If you see that defense pressuring forward, I'm going to swing that ball out to a guy who's extremely electric, who only got one target all of last week, and get Dallas Goddard involved. Their best play, in my opinion, is a tight end screen. Man, you get those offensive linemen going forward with the defensive line coming at Jalen Hurts with all that field ahead of him. 
just those quick hitters. I think just getting this offense in a rhythm will open up those shots that they weren't able to get going because Bill did such a great job. And after this, we will come back. Keys to victory and game predictions. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles and Locked On Vikings is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you don't know what Prize Picks is by now, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. All you have to do is you pick two to six players, say, are they going to go more or less than their stat projections this Thursday night? Take Jalen Hurts to have more passing yards than his projection, as well as A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in terms of their receiving yards. Prize Picks is the most fun I've ever had winning up to 25 times my money. You can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. I got it right here on my phone. Grab it right on your phone. Download the Prize Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL in all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to $100. What does that mean? They will give you $100 if you put in $100. So you'll have $200 to play on prize picks. All you got to do, two to six players, say are they going to go more or less. It's easy. You can make picks in as little as 60 seconds. And we thank prize picks for sponsoring all of the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, everyone, welcome back. Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings, Gino Camilleri, myself of Lockdown Eagles. What, if you were to boil it down, are the three things Minnesota must do to win this game come Thursday night? I hate to be a cliche. I did it this, last week. I said fundamental football. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be one in the trenches. How about that for, yep, a, for a nice hackneyed thing? It's going to be the trenches, both sides of the ball. So there's one and two is the trenches. And then um, I think three is just going to be that they have to survive on the back end against like AJ Brown uh, and Devonta Smith. I don't know why his name just escaped me. Uh, there, there's your three. But I think the trenches is especially on the offense. The Eagles have some dogs. Uh, I, I, I heard about what Jalen Carter did. Um, Should see it. <laughs> I do. I will go see it. Uh, hopefully at some point before this game, but I'm aware <laughs> and <laughs> the, the Vikings have to survive there. I am not looking for the, the Eagles have a better group up front than the Vikings do on, uh, their D line versus our O line. Like that is just a better roster than our O line roster. So I'm not mm -hmm. looking for them to go dominate. I'm just looking for them to survive. I think if they can survive, then they can set everything else up for the Vikings to kind of take advantage of where they do have advantages roster-wise. But they just have to survive. They don't have to win every rep. I'm expecting some amount of pressure, but I just need it to be sensible. Um, and then uh, on the other side of the ball, I think you do need to generate a little bit of disruption. Daniel Hunter is still Daniel Hunter, mm -hmm. but uh, Marcus Davenport is has been he'll probably be questionable with an ankle injury. He was a game time decision last week. He didn't go. So we'll see what happens there. And then, you know, they they're kind of down to their depth and on the interior, as much as I love Harrison Phillips outside of him, it's like Jonathan Bullard, who was a rotational player last year, Dean Lowry, who is like a dirty work guy. And he's not really like the key to any, I mean, he's, he's springs other people, but who are, who are those other people? Um, it's a group that is, I've been concerned about all off season. Um, and I would be concerned about looking at the names on the offensive line. If you didn't tell me they actually are secretly bad now. So that's uh, fantastic. So feeling good about that. <laughs> the numbers will say it, but yeah. let's see if they show up. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see who shows up. And then it's just a matter of like A.J. Brown is going to have moments where the Vikings are doing a cover zero blitz. A.J. Brown gets a free release. He gets to run whatever route he wants. How do you survive that, right? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be, I mean, are you going to put Byron Murphy one-on-one with A.J. Brown? Are you all right with that size mismatch? Or is it going to be like a Caleb Evans, who's CB2, who's in his first year starting? Uh, Who's going to do that? He's bigger, but he's also newer and mm-hmm. less experienced. Although I'm pretty happy with the way he, he played last week. Um, so I don't know. There's a, a few of those places it, in general survive where you're not the better player. You just got to like rise to the challenge and, you know, go toe to toe where in places where you're not the better player. And if that's the case, then it can become about what what can Justin Jefferson do in this scenario? And I feel much better about the game coming down to that rather than coming down to can backup center Austin Schlotman survive Jalen Carter? Not feeling great about that one because Garrett Bradbury is probably out for this one. He hurt his back. New England did a pretty good job with 60% of their offensive line missing, but still, I, I'm going to counteract your point there and say this the survival element, it, it's a real thing because it, it's almost like playing. If you've ever played Call of Duty Zombies, it's like, oh, we made it through wave one, like on to the next one. Like that's what it is with the Eagles D line. It, it's not just Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis or Fletcher Cox, whatever combo they start with. It's Milton Williams, who might be one of the most underrated interior defensive always, linemen in the entire sport. You guys always have like sport. 10 deep at D-line. Like, well, we how got does like it 12 happen? of these guys. I, I don't know. Luke, I don't know. How did I, I literally just <laughs> It's like the Vikings up. getting receivers. It's like just always. Yeah, for the it's, it's 60 it, years. They've always had maniacal at least laughter of your front guys. office when you guys got Justin Jefferson and my maniacal laughter of how we got Jalen Carter of why is this keep happening? Well, I'm laughing with you there, by the way. It, it shouldn't. I can't it, believe it. It's unbelievable. They, who we'll have to talk about this separately, but what do these teams not know that Howie Roseman knows? And he, he did a great job, but the, the <laughs> back to it, the survival element, it's like, Oh man, we got to deal with Hassan Riddick and Josh sweat, but Oh, we're going to bring Brandon Graham off of the bench. Who's like still performing at a very high level. But the thing with that is that new England did a great job of counteracting is they got the ball out in two and a half seconds out of Mac Jones hands. If you could get the ball out and that rush. Yeah. If their hands on them, and they need like 0.2 seconds to take them down, that 0.2 seconds matters. If it was 2.7, 2.9, yeah, you probably have more sacks. If they can get Kirk Cousins to hold on to it a little bit longer, I think that's how you win on the defensive line and just keep bringing that pressure. But to me, it's how do you take away the middle of the field on a short week where you're potentially out three of your starters on safety, on linebacker, how are you going to take away TJ Hawkinson? Because you know the the primetime fight. You know that Jordan Addison is going to have some good battles with Josh Job. But who's going to defend this guy? I'm confident the Eagles can stop the run. They have a lot of guys on that interior that did a great job of doing it against Ramondre and Zeke last week. But they didn't counteract Hunter Henry. They didn't counteract Mike Gusecki. How do you counteract TJ Hawkinson? I think he's the ultimate X factor. But for the Eagles offense, I'd say... Like you said, win the one-on-ones. Byron Murphy, decent player. A Caleb Evans, a bigger player. How do they match that up? I think they go with the Christian Gonzalez approach where you put him on a bigger body like A.J. Brown in terms of Evans, and then you let Byron Murphy go one-on-one with Devontae Smith. But I'm still confident. Sides, actually, so that might okay. be up to the Eagles. Okay, yeah. So however the Eagles want to take advantage of that, I think win those matchups, but those guys are going to have to come out and succeed as well. And if they don't have time and Jalen gets off of his platform, that scramble drill will be huge. And 
Who's good in that environment? The outside receivers. We'll see if the running backs can get it going without Kenneth Gainwell. We'll see if they incorporate Dallas Goddard. But it's those two all-pro guys on the outside, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think for Jefferson, the best way to stop Justin Jefferson is to stop Kirk from getting the ball out, right? Yeah. Um, that was something that they struggled with last week. And I should mention, because I, I haven't mentioned it yet, the Vikings outgained the Buccaneers by like 100 yards. Like oh, yeah, it wasn't better. even close. Three turnovers. That was the game, right? Mm-hmm. So protect the ball. Like, that's probably a bigger, like, you, you have to protect the ball. You cannot do that again and expect to ever win a game. Um, But with Jefferson, if you can get that pressure on Cousins, I mean, it, anything can happen, right? He mm-hmm. can be all the way from the guy that suddenly becomes an improvisational quarterback and does something cool. He does that sometimes now uh, to the guy that crumples into a sack that he's always been to the guy that, you know, tries to do something ill-advised and throws the worst interception you've ever seen. Um, last year against the Eagles, Kirk threw three picks. Uh, just protect the ball. And if you don't protect the ball, nothing we just talked about matters. That's probably the basic of all football and as crazy as it sounds the Eagles they almost blew that game because they gave the ball away they took untimely penalties and yeah argue about the box score all you want the the top guy but it's we're we're fundamental guys Luke we're just take care of the football play well in the trenches like it's it's a simple formula and for that formula you usually get a result I know you hate doing it too but we got to do it because our fans love it what is your prediction score wise for this game I was close last week. I said 27-21. It's 25-20. Might be the closest I ever get the rest of the way, honestly. I, I can't pick the in good faith pick the Vikings to win this game. I like want to, uh, just to be a homer about it, but I would be being a homer about it. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> uh they are, I think they were too discombobulated, and I think they have too many issues to fix on a short week, and this is a tough matchup. Um, so I I'm not gonna pick them to win in this one, but I like doing an if then. Uh, if they can keep Kirk Cousins upright, then they can win. That's what I'll say. Uh, but I don't know. I, I could throw out a random score number, but I, I don't think the Vikings will win. I don't think they'll cover their spread either. Seven points. It's a lot. Points, uh, I'm yeah. going to stick to what I went with last week. I'll say like 28-20. I still think the Eagles might sputter out on some drives, but I think they will have more success. And I'm, I'm saying Kirk Cousins at any given time, just launch a 75-yard play action where the Eagles don't hit any pressure. Justin Jefferson comes open late, and that would be exactly what I expected. I don't know much about Got the Philadelphia that Eagles. Way. That I, Two I safeties go with Justin Jefferson, and yep. Addison gets over the top, and suddenly he's gone, and that 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 that's kind of what he's here to do. So Yeah, that's the formula, man. And I, I think it's who survives the, the, the original punch and who has the best counter punch because we know that yep. both of these teams got dogs on the outside. They got dogs in the trenches. We got dogs here on the mics here at Lockdown Boy. Let's go. <laughs> so for me, Gino Camilleri and Luke Braun, Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Vikings. Once again, thank you for joining us here on Crossover Thursday, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, presented by Prize Picks, your team each and every day. Make sure you tune in for the post game on both of our shows. We'll see you tomorrow and best of luck to both the teams.